Hello, and welcome to, you know, I'm not even going to say what episode because I have no idea. Welcome to Film Broadcast. Um, I am not joined by Luke today because he went on vacation, forgot to tell us that that was going to happen. Um, true story. That's okay. And so I am joined by Connor from What's That Smell You Thinking Again podcast, which I still don't really get the name. Um, that's all right. Okay. That's all right. I'm but glad you, you nailed the first try, though. Can you can you explain the name? I don't get it. The, the the joke is that David smells bad when he talks, and when he thinks. It's not a good joke, but it's it's one we stuck oh. with. I mean, the like, general I idea. Mean, but at least at least at least you get the gist. Yeah, right. Very simple. When you when you think, sometimes you smell bad, and that is that is the gist of it. Very similar That's, topics uh... to what we talk about here. Um, except you get to hear my voice consistently and uh, my friend's voice, and uh, well, we usually ramble for a little while. I I don't notice it, but apparently his friend Dave David, yes, apparently his friend David sounds um exactly like me according to all of our friends. So yeah, it's I'm been on, really weird. <laughs> People fun. literally keep saying they're like they're listening in and they're like, oh yeah, is, are you talking with Logan here? And like no, it's I've never done a podcast <laughs> with Logan up until now. <laughs> so in the future i will also be on these what's that smell you thinking again podcast yes we'll so be bringing them on to that. very we'll soon be discussing Wes. can i say what we're doing yeah of course we'll be discussing west anderson so look forward to that and i'll actually try to rewatch the movies for that one so yeah, me too. i gotta i gotta rewatch like three movies david's yeah, lost to watch most of them so three or four that i've seen enough that i'm good so anyways for this right. episode we are discussing the before trilogy before sunrise, right. before sunset, and before midnight. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Linklater. Aren't we close to seven years for a... Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, the nine-year the nine year thing would be, like, I think this year. So it would be releasing at the end of this year, I think. Then it's not coming out, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so, either. Actually, no, I think it would be next year. But, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's coming out. There's only so much, you know depressing you know end of end of marriage story that i could take you know i feel like the trilogy kind of you, you like, get just how it ends be divorced or uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves oh yeah spoilers by the way although these movies aren't too spoilerable um, oh yeah it's not like one of those things where like if you learn that like oh man they end up getting together again like that, that like ruin your entire film watching experience like no if Linklater made a fourth film it says that he would either want to like a short film set only four years after midnight or a feature two decades in the future well i don't like either of those ideas because you've set them nine years apart up to this point why would you abandon that the fourth one like stay consistent dude i mean i get i get maybe it's not you don't have a lot of ideas for it but it'd be one of those things Mm -hmm. where like you either make the movie because you have the idea or don't make it at all don't like it on like a half idea you know make something else just don't make boyhood again please (laughs) <laughs> i'll watch that one day and then we can have a discussion and then he made boyhood and then everyone loved it despite it being absolutely terrible and i don't get it no uh, uh, I, I hate everything it. hates it i hate everything didn't like it so i know he didn't like it and everyone says i just dislike it because red letter media dislikes it i swear to god i had <laughs> i had never seen those videos before i saw boyhood i swear i didn't really get into them till after boyhood I saw Boyhood. I'm pretty sure I discovered them because I was looking for people hating on Boyhood. So, <laughs> just look up videos like why I dislike no, I Boyhood on were. YouTube. 
but I wanted to feel vindicated because like, this movie has a hundred on Metacritic, and I think it's a giant piece of crap, and I don't get it. <laughs> You're like looking for your people. Although we might have to, I think it's good to stretch this one a little bit because I don't know how much there actually is to talk about before trilogy. Really, I think we could. I think we could get some good mileage out of it. Movies are just talking. Okay, we're gonna start with Before Sunrise, and I'll do the uh, plot synopsis because this is the one I remember best because I actually rewatched it. So Before Sunrise is about Ethan Hawke, I believe his name. Um, Jesse, help me out here. Jesse. Jesse. And the, the girl's name is, what, Celine in it? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to bring up the cast to help me here. So before Sunrise... <laughs> Just pulls up, the, pulls up the Rotten Tomatoes uh, summary of it no, and no, she reads no, it no, out. That's stinky. Letterbox. Anyways, before Sunrise, <laughs> directed by Richard Linklater in 1995, starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy as Jesse and Celine. And let's not forget Andrea Eckert as wife on train. So, Yo, so my there's favorite. only really two stars and then lots of extras. That's the best way to put it. Um, yeah, that's basically all the movies up until midnight. Before midnight has a bit more. Yeah, but midnight has a couple people, but like the first two are literally just midnight those two like and extras. Where you actually focus more. I don't remember having many other main characters, if any. So, anyways, so this film, um, they meet on a train in Amsterdam. No, not Amsterdam. Uh, it's Vienna. Vienna. Uh, Vienna. He's on his way to Vienna, and he meets a student who's returning to Paris. He, uh, Ethan Hawke's American, Julie Debbie's French, if you couldn't tell by their names. Um, and then they talk a lot, and then it ends. That's all. You know, <laughs> so basically, he 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 does a pickup line, something kind of lame, but also kind of awesome. Um, and then. He's like, hey, just hang out with me tonight, and then we can go on our own way. And that's what happens. That's the movie. And then they talk about a bunch of pretentious stuff, but it's not that. It's not like a pretentious movie. They're just coming up with ideas and thoughts. Cool, cool movie. Help me here. I'm really having trouble <laughs> yeah. talking today. No, you're right. I you're forgot right. we were um, doing a podcast today, by the way. So I'm not. I'm not really mentally he's thrown prepared. Off. No, I got you. Yeah. I, I think I mentally prepared myself. You know, I'm like training in the mirror. Like, okay, how am I to talk about this? Yeah, no, you know, just when I when I know what when I know ahead of um, my brain just automatically is kind of more ready. Yeah, I got you. So before sunrise, right? Um, I feel like at its core, it's basically what every romance is about. You know, it's about you know two people just genuinely talking and connecting. You know, that's that's not like revolutionary. But yeah. what before sunrise does, which you know makes it stand out, despite the fact that it's just talking is it's a movie about literally youthful kind of optimism. Like these yeah. two people kind of spend the entire time the talking about, about above anything yeah, else. They talk about like all the things that, you know, the youth of our kind of era kind of embrace, you know, like they believe they've got mm. everything figured out. They know how their life's going to go down and they're just excited to get started. You know, the conversations yeah. I have are about like these huge topics, you know, they talk about like, they, they, and they say all these things like they figured it out and they're like completely set and ready. And what makes it super engaging is you see these. Yeah, you see these two kind of bouncing off these ideas to one another and it feels so real because they feel like real people who have these real life, you know, um, real life, huge aspirations and these like, uh, you know, self affirmations. They know everything and they do everything right. 
And it's just really cool seeing that. And it's such a like touching, you know, sentiment to see people like genuinely passionate about topics and like bouncing them off to one another. Despite the fact yeah. that, you know, as you get older, it you realize a lot of the entertaining film for sure. Absolutely. And yeah. it's like it... people above anything else. We can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just really fun seeing pe- like people legitimately connect like this. And like, I love the small details that they have while they talk, you know, like. The, the, the way they like kind of like avoid eye contact you know every once in a while they kind of like see each other and then back off like it's just the game of like who can like look at each other longer without noticing it's this really For weird sure. thing that goes throughout the movie and it's really like super good. cute because that's totally real and i love yeah, the way that like, that is ethan... real i can confirm yeah um, <laughs> i love the way ethan hawk like f- like uh he he'll throw these ideas out and like every once in a while you'll see uh you'll see julie delpy kind of react to it very like like very passionately like wait a minute no and then they kind of like throw off these weird like this weird banter about like this random off topic that like and then they go completely off topic in that direction and like it's such a real movie i'm like how does this movie have a script you know it feels like genuine people talking which is crazy yeah, the movie is not improvised which everyone would assume it is it is like heavily scripted which is so crazy because, like, it feels yeah, like conversations. It feels like it's completely improvised, but most of it is like completely planned out by Linklater. Um, you know, again, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna try and go the rest of this without um, hating on Boyhood. But <laughs> just that, like, don't mention Boyhood. Don't mention Boyhood. Don't mention Boyhood. So shade at that sometimes. <laughs> Comes up nine years apart, and we catch back up. Boyhood on the other hand, was filmed over 12 years and it's like done as one film. They're both the same sort of concept. One just does it much better than the other. Um, so yeah, uh, the couple, um, they they have good chemistry and they're also both really hot, so that's nice. <laughs> Naturally. They are, I mean, they, w- they wouldn't be as interesting if they're both average looking. Like, no, they have to be sexy people. Not necessarily, but Ethan Hawke is hot as hell. <laughs> um, and so is Julie Delpy, so... Yeah, it's right. like the it's... only guy with a beard I've ever been like attracted to. <laughs> he's got like he's got like the remnants of a beard, like it's beginning, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like the very very nineties uh, hipstery bearder kind of thing going, like the sort of goatee thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually also, pretty uh, terrible. A little, <laughs> a little, uh, a little more broadly, but I love the little side point that comes up in each movie about his beard. Where in Sunset, she brings up that she noticed the sun reflects and makes it look a little red. And then before mm-hmm. midnight, she's talking about how much, uh, how much uh, she, or how much the red has gone away by the time that they're this age, which is, you mm-hmm. know, a funny little detail that also kind of works kind of a metaphor. That kind of shit, man. I, I get pretty distracted. <laughs> it's uh, all good. It was just a funny little detail I mean, that they like, brought that I up. I feel like I'm really unqualified to do a pot, like a movie podcast. <laughs> well that's the thing like you don't need to be qualified like the best thing about movies is like Everyone you can go this. into them you can go into them and take out whatever you want from it like you could mm-hmm. go into goddamn like over the hedge and assume it's a commentary yeah, on fascism or something qualified, i just mean i don't pay attention enough to the movies that i'm talking <laughs> well, I know, about but like I don't it's realize. all right like you can go into Remember it and say whatever episode? you want to say i'm sorry I said, remember the last episode with Nikolai and he's just talking while I'm just like, uh-huh. And I have no idea what he's talking about. 
No, it's all good. I haven't seen Angel's Egg yet, so I I will watch it and then come back and watch watch that. Listen, yeah, do not listen to that podcast without watching it, or you'll (laughs) tell what's going on. So I have a link to it. I found on YouTube, so I'm I'm gonna watch it eventually. Yeah, it's on YouTube. For anyone Mm -hmm. wondering who might have skipped that episode because they haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Just search up Angel's Egg and you'll find it. Anyways, it's okay to go off topic. That's kind of when it gets most fun, honestly. But we'll go back. Yeah, right. Yeah, this movie's great. Believe it or not, despite having nothing to say, I do give it like it's one of my favorite films ever. (laughs) Funny enough. Like, there aren't a lot of romances that do this as well as they do it. Like, it's it's not all, there's not a lot, you know, going on. But what you what you kind of feel, how you connect to these people is really what carries it for you. Like, it's so sweet and so genuine. And like, I when I first saw this, I'm just sitting there smiling the entire time. because It's so sweet seeing these people genuinely connecting and bonding and sharing these huge grand thoughts about life and existentialism and like what they're going to do with their lives and all the things that they're ready to move past. You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's just yeah, it's so it's so yeah, fun. And like nice and bittersweet. I remember right. because they're like, oh, we'll meet back here every year. And then and, and, and then they don't. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. But <laughs> yeah, it's it was such a sweet movie. And I, I love the two leads. Like you mentioned, like they, they, they really do own it in this movie. Love seeing the them talk. Them and... great. I like the scene. Let's just talk about some individual parts, because this one has mm-hmm. more that I can point out than the other two. Um, I like the part in the um, booth, the sort of listening booth, where there's kind of standing awkwardly listening to a song. Yes, and then, like, the entire scene is just them trying to, like, they, like uh, Ethan Hawke will, like, look towards her, she'll be looking off away, and she starts to gradually turn, and then, you know, like we mentioned before, the eye game thing. Like, it's so sweet, like, seeing them kind of, like, not really try to look at each other, but, like, it's this fun little thing. It's adorable. I love it. Mm-hmm. Another great scene uh, later on in the movie is when they're sitting there talking at the table and they're playing, like they're pretending they're on the phone with their friends and stuff oh, yeah, and talking yeah. about this experience. I thought that was adorable too. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and I loved, I love the look in Ethan Hawke's eyes when she's, you know, she's calling her friend and he's playing her friend because he looks so like into it. Like he's hooked on every single word she's saying about him. And like, yeah. he's, he really wants to know if like she is enjoying this, you know, and like if she really like, likes them like it's such a it's such a fun thing it's really cute mm. okay it makes me um, feel bad because i've never i've never had a true relationship like that and it's so funny because you sit there kind of like you can uh, totally I imagine had, it i had a relationship for about two years and it was it was pretty nice but it, it was never like that if that makes sense I'm yeah, not it's, it it's almost good, but... it's almost like projecting you know like it's like yeah. everyone can project themselves in the situation and be like man i wish i could connect to somebody on that level you know But yeah, really good movie. Did you lose Logan? No, I'm here. Okay, sorry. There's like a pause no, there. I, like... I don't really have much else to say about this one, but that's okay. This doesn't, I don't really care about length. This doesn't have to be long or short. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. We can start talking but about yeah. something else if you want. Like, I don't even care. It's all good. We'll see, <laughs> we'll we'll see, where, we'll we'll see where things take us. Before. We've still got two more movies. I know, we'll, we'll do the other two movies and then if we... If we just bring up another topic, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see where it goes, man. This is very yeah, exciting. The listeners are probably, you know, ecstatic that they get to hear needless rambling for a while. Woo! We're not anyways, let's talk about uh, the movie. Talk about yeah, the right. movie. Uh, that we the saw. next one? The next one. Before yeah. by the way, yeah, Four this cents. is near the top of my favorite, so it's a ten. Okay, now we move on to 
before sunset yeah yes that's the next one this one came out in 2004 yeah 2004 nine years later Mm -hmm. okay do the plot synopsis please all right so yeah i got you so um you know the last one kind of ends with them saying like okay we're gonna meet up in six months we're gonna come right back here and obviously the movie takes place nine years later um ethan hawk is he went on to write a book about their experience you know about that night together and it sells Mm -hmm. really well so he's in paris doing a book signing and generally like this getting interviewed about the book and uh julie delphi finds him again like she sees him in town so he goes to you know find him and this is nine years after they're supposed to meet up and they've all they both kind of moved down with their lives and they just meet they meet up again and unlike this one or unlike the first one where it takes place over like the course of one whole evening before sunset mm-hmm. kind of takes place in like an afternoon uh of just them kind of connecting again after these nine years of a break or of not so, seeing each other sorry i i so they meet up after he wrote at a book signing. Did you say that? Yeah, like he's there signing a book. He's 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 uh being interviewed and about she the book. Goes because she hears about it. Yeah, right. I don't she remember about, the about the book in this one. I know they do in Before Midnight. Yeah, this yeah. one's basically very similar to the first, to be honest. At least um, from my it, memory, like, it's similar in the way it plays out. But the it, what makes it super distinct, despite the fact that it's or one of the big reasons is it's super short. The movie's like 70 minutes long, I think, or 80 minutes long. Crazy short. But what makes this one stand out in comparison to Sunrise is what they talk about. Because if you notice, throughout all three of these movies, uh, Jesse kind of remains a very, very consistent person. He doesn't change a lot throughout the movies. He's very much this very romantic, very, you know, emotive, very passionate guy who is very much in tune with his emotions and thinks he's got everything figured out. Like, as time yeah. goes on, he does kind of humble a bit, but he's still very much the same person. And Julie Delpy changes throughout the movies. Like, each movie, she's <laughs> consistently getting hit with reality, you know? The first conversation she has with him in this movie is about real-life problems and how Jesse minimizes them, and she gets in a whole tangent about how bad things are getting in real life. So already, yeah. you can tell she's kind of got hit with more ground, with a more grounded take. And... That's that's what kind of makes this one distinct is it's kind of more her movie if you want to look at like developments like this is her realizing that uh, she is kind of grown up and he's kind of stayed the same and she misses that person she used to be like as the mm-hmm. as the movie goes on there's a scene near the end where she breaks down in the car where she's or she's kind of just mm-hmm. pissed at uh, at Jesse because he's still the same person and he's still like so passionate and you know emotive and she is she's annoyed that she you know missed out on staying like that with him you know she went on and grew up and like she's having all these she's having relationship problems with other people because she no one's ever as good as him you know like she's recognizing that like he his emotion and his you know passion brought out that passion in her and now that she's gotten older and that's kind of left her she's frustrated that like you know she missed that opportunity and it's really interesting seeing like seeing her kind of re- come to that realization. And it's a very realistic kind of realization, you know, like as people get older, you kind of gradually lose that bit of youthful optimism in yourself where like you're super like passionate and you think you can take on the world and, you know, like you get older and reality hits you and you, you get more grounded. And that's kind of what's happening to Julie Delphi in this movie. And, you know, coming back together with Jesse and, you know, uh talking about these things talking about big ideas and you know explore and you know genuinely connecting with one another it like 
it's jarring. It makes you realize how much of your life you've lost by not being with them. You know, it's almost kind of like she realized that maybe, maybe life would have been better if she'd come back, you know, like maybe she, mm-hmm. if, if she'd actually tried to find him again, things could have been, you know, better. And it's he said he went back, didn't he? I'm sorry. Sorry. The he went back to and tried to meet, didn't he? Uh, that's the thing is at the, um, for a little while in the movie, you're not sure. But mm-hmm. at near the end, I think they kind of imply that he did go back. But yeah. there, it's very up to debate because it's like at the very beginning, he says he acts like he didn't go because he, he yeah, starts yeah. talking to her and he's saying like, wait, did you go? Like he's asking her genuinely and then doesn't seem to really know if she went or not. But at the same time, yeah. she uh, like later on throughout the movie, he implies that he did know she didn't go. So like it's kind yeah. of you're not 100 sure what actually is true. But I don't think I don't think uh, he was lying. My I think he did. Actually from go. what we know about Jesse's character, is that he did go and that she yeah. didn't. He's like she didn't go because of like a personal conflict. But I think because it was her grandmother died, I believe. So like he actually yeah. actually couldn't go. That being mm-hmm. said, there's there's a lot of implication that she also forgot. Like it seems yeah. there's a little bit of implication that like maybe she didn't end up going on purpose or something like that. Yeah. Which is it's, interesting. It's, it's well done. Yeah, right. For sure. It's, and I will... Yeah, it's well done. Yeah, it scratches the same itch that the first one did, but in a more of, like, a retrospective kind of way. Like, before Sunrise, before Sunrise is kind of, like, about what could be. Like, they have, like, all these passions, you know, seeing, like, oh, man, what could the future be like? This one is more like what was, you know? Like, what could have been, I should say. Like, mm-hmm. it's more retrospective mm-hmm. on the day. And that's also kind of like my biggest fault with it is like it's so dependent on the first one that I kind of I, I feel like you should watch this movie right after the first one. Like that's the best way to watch it because it's so connected. Yeah, like the third one before Midnight, movie came out nine years later. Yeah, right. Like it came out nine years later, but the movies are so like genuinely connected and they have so much in common that like I feel like Before Sunset is best paired with watching Before Sunrise first. And, and then you I get feel like, like a full here, experience. I'm going to add to that. I think watch Before Sunset and then watch Before Sunrise. And then wait a while and then Midnight. Uh, I think that's your best bet. For sure. I mean, it, it's, like midnight, it's interesting. Midnight would feel better, I feel like. would like Maybe, I feel like, at least on first watch, I feel like Midnight would be best viewed much later. Because it feels more... Oh yeah, it feels like time is past. Like, like especially compared, sunset doesn't feel like a lot of time has passed, even though it has. Where midnight feels yeah. like twice the time that has passed has, and you'll well, yeah, well, because like, like you go from your twenties to your thirties, you're not changing a lot. When you go from your twenties to your forties, yeah, like there's a lot yeah. changing there. Yeah, especially if we're bringing in marriage, children, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. You got anything else to say about before sunset? I do I've got I one have last thing to say about midnight. Not really, to be honest. Yeah. I really no, like ex- it as well. They're all amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for midnight. But the last thing I want to talk about with Before Sunset is the ending. The ending okay. is because the is thing was Before think? Sunrise. Before Sunrise ends, you know, with them planning to meet up again. Before Sunset yeah. is super, super vague. It ends with them, you know, she he goes up to her apartment and mm-hmm. she's just kind of dancing to this one song. And you know, yeah. he's clearly he's clearly very you know very in love again you know you know romancy stuff all that good stuff, but the movie just fades to black right there. Oh, you don't okay. know yeah. you don't know if he stays with her. Does well, he? I remember back. something like, maybe broke. 
Yeah, like it completely when I first watched it because it was so yeah. abrupt. Exactly, and it and it and the thing is, the movie is so short. I swear, it pisses me off when it fades to black. So I'm like, no, I want more. Like it keeps yeah. going and then just stops. It's and, probably the most positive feeling one. Actually, no, I'd yeah. say the first one's more positive, but yeah. Yeah, it's a very positive. Like, both these movies are still very positive. And it's I think that's it, why a lot of people tend to dislike Before Midnight more, but why I might, I think I like it more than at least Sunset is because it's actually yeah. different. Good, good transition point there. That's why we're moving on. Exactly. It's yeah, every time we hop transition. into Midnight. Yeah. This movie is not positive or happy at all. I mean, I there's, 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 a couple, there's a couple of gems. There's a couple there's of gems moment. of positivity. But it's a very cynical film in comparison. Mm-hmm. Do you want to summarize it or you want me to take it? No, I did just it. watch it. You you do it, please. <laughs> sure. All right, no worries. So Before Midnight takes place again nine years later. Uh, it, it's So what actually ends up happening, it fades to black. Uh, in the reality, he stays there in Paris with uh, with Julie Delphi. They, like, they end up getting together. He, um, yeah. We forgot to mention it in the last one, but he ended up getting married in the last one and is not very oh, yeah, happy with that marriage. Divorced. Yes, so they, he ends up divorcing and marrying her. In the last one. Yeah, he was married in the last one, but it's he, it's very much implied that he's not happy with it. And, yeah. well, he and in this not, one, like, it is confirmed. <laughs> yeah, right. This one's confirmed. He hates. He hated his wife. Uh, yeah. So he moves to Paris and is trying to spend time with this with his kid that he had with his past with his past wife. And the movie kind of starts with the kid going back to America and him staying there with with Julie Delpy, who he's had kids with himself. And yes. this one takes place over the course of a night. Uh, they are actually kind of course of a day and a night. Uh, the it's day is this. Yeah, they spend really? they first Even. spend it at their at their uh, another writer's house. Like it has their this other writer has like a family party and invites these two yeah. and their family. That's um, probably I think that's the part people like the least about this film. Yeah, like they spend time at this house. They talk, they talk there, and yeah. then so the this two is what of I them. Mean. I like finish. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. The two of them go to this uh, hotel that they're kind of, this actually it's more like a spa kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> they get set up by their friends with. So they go there and that's where the majority of the movie goes from that point. Basically, it takes place over two places. It takes place in this yeah. big building, this, this house of this, of this author, and then <laughs> this hotel. Um, so yeah, half the movie is spent with other characters, which is what I meant. Which is what yeah. I meant when I said they go to a hotel and we'll we'll walk through it as let's I say first before we even continue summarizing, let's talk about um the 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 dinner table scene. Yeah, because I don't remember liking it very much. Yeah, so basically what I what I got from the scene, like it, this is at this point in the movie, you don't really see a ton of their conflict yet. Uh the beginning they kind of they uh, um uh sorry, Ethan Hawk poses this idea that maybe they should move to Chicago to be closer to his son. Uh, yes. Not really throwing it out. Not really anything he means by it. And then Julie Delpy sees this as like the end. And she brings up how this is the start of them falling apart. And mm. yeah, it's kind of like a cryptic note, but they still have rapport and they still genuinely have like a connection there. They still treat oh, each no, other there's equally. There's people who love each other for sure. It's just Yeah, right. There's no bitterness yet. Um, and, and yeah. And then when you get to the dinner table, which is the biggest scene at this house, where it's basically you have this older author who's like, I think he's in his 90s, his friend, and then uh, the author's son, and then the author's son's son. 
So it's like three generations laid out. I remember now. Yeah. And basically this, this, they kind of just talk about, you know, they talk about me, their whole experiences with life. And what I got from it mostly is it's kind of like the two of them, both uh, Julie Delphi and Ethan Hawke are faced with their young selves from the past two movies. You have the, them in their twenties and like their early twenties, like in before sunrise. And then you have, you know, their uh, you have them like in before sunset. 30s. Like the two generations of um, the children of this author are kind of representative of basically each, each movie. And throughout the scene, you don't really see Ethan Hawke and Julie Delby talk that much. They don't, they don't say a lot. Like they have a couple of, of exchanges and they have like a scene where they talk, but for the most part, you see them listening to those other people. Like you listen to yeah. the, the author's son and his wife and they're super passionate and like, they're very lovey. And then you have um, the, the, uh, the son of that son who's just gotten with this one girl. They like, they, they're just started dating and like, they're, they're a little more like, they're not super romantic, but they're very much like, they, they don't have a lot of doubts. They're very open and they kind of share their thoughts with like a lot of hope in them, you know? And like I said, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi kind of just listen to him. And you yeah. don't see a lot of conflict. There's a bit of Ethan Hawke talking to the others. I don't remember there being much of Julie Delphi talk. Like they're talking, yeah. to, but they're not really talking to each other yet till the second half. Right. It's a lot of just them listening to other people. And it's what I kind of got from the scene, which I acknowledge is probably my least favorite scene in all three of the trilogy, because all three movies, because it's a little harder for me to grasp why, you know? Uh, but it's it's an interesting scene because like you see them kind of faced with like they're the, faced with the kind of people they were and they don't really have much of a reaction to it they they're just kind of in, you know going through the moments they're not truly absorbing the moment together they're kind mm-hmm. of just coasting through it and I think that all kind of accumulates with that scene at the hotel room because this is the first time you're seeing them truly emote you know they weren't really truly connecting with the other people they were kind of listening freaking harsh yeah right uh it's funny because right after the the scene at the at the um table they kind of go for a walk heading to that hotel and it's legitimately sweet they have a sweet Mm -hmm. conversation reflecting on their lives and they talk about like yeah they 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 talk like they are still the same two people uh they talk about like um, would you still love me in like 30 years when we're all 90 and stuff? And like, they, they have like these nice conversations and it's, yes, you can still see the age wearing on them. Like Julie Delpy is much more, much, much more like weighed down by life at this point. She's now no longer as dreamy and aspirational as uh, Ethan Hawke is, but Ethan Hawke still is kind of the same guy. And you see him bringing that out of her. Like they do have nice moments where they both kind of connect in that regard. And, it's interesting because it's like the one bit of happiness until the hotel room scene, which is like the next half of the movie, and it is no longer happy, and it is spiraling. Well, and I want to preface this part. I'm going to tell with this. So they get to the hotel, and it's still going pretty well. They're basically the concept they're trying to do is they want to, you know, and if you've seen uh, the movie, I believe it's called Blue Valentine. You know, this is not how you do it. They're like, oh, let's go to a motel, have sex, let's uh, try to re. Like yeah, re- reinvigorate our lives, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is part of Blue Valentine, if you're wondering what that reference is. But anyways. I will um, check that movie out someday. Maybe. It's pretty good. 
it's really it's way more depressing than this one though. Anyways, um, so <laughs> they're actually about to have so they're about to have sex, and then Julie Delpy gets a phone call, which and she has a four minute, I'd say, topless monologue. Oh, it's not four minutes; it's like ten minutes. She's well, topless yeah, for a while. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's it's kind of it wild. takes some guts when you're like a middle aged woman to do something like that. I don't even. Would you say it added to anything? I I think, on the one hand, no, but on the other yeah. hand, I think it establishes this idea that they're both comfortable enough to do that. Like, yeah, I think it establishes it. a level of comfort where they like they know each other enough that it I doesn't it, bother I them. I think it is actually a good thing. Um, it's it's awkward, of course, but I think for them it isn't. Like she's just arguing with her boobs out, and she isn't even like she doesn't notice till it's like, oh wait, my boobs are out. So and then she puts her shirt back on. Like she doesn't even notice because they've been married for nine years. They've yeah, like, right. they're like they're they're at that point where they're comfortable with each other enough where even though they're arguing, she's like she doesn't give a crap that he's seeing her tits even though they're arguing. And I think that actually adds adds to a bit. And I think I still think it's pretty awesome that she was willing to do that at the age of like I don't even know how old she was when this movie was made, but you know, as a middle yeah, she's woman. supposed to be like forty one or something. Yeah, um, but I mean how old she is in the movie. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the and then that the argument happens. And what I kind of love about this argument uh is it's not really focused. It's no. very it's a very realistic argument because it's just this two people can, laying out their realistic. issues. Right, it's just them laying out all their issues. It's, it's mean. It's just it's completely unfocused. It's filled with this kind of sarcasm and snarkiness. They are just laying it out on each other, and For sure. it's very real because it's two people not addressing core problems and just railing on each other for it. And it's yeah. it's well, hard to watch. So I'm going to backtrack a little. The start of the argument is that. I believe uh, Julie Delpy, right when they're about to have sex, they, she gets a call. They get a call from, is it her son? I mean, his it's, son. Uh, his son, yeah, it's his son. Yeah. And they he forgot something? He forgot, I believe it was a, a science project, which yeah. granted, he's doing over the summer, which is kind of kind of odd, but whatever. Uh, he left some sort of science summer. project. Yeah, and it okay. kind of like, it, it kind of segues into like, why didn't uh why didn't um you why didn't you let me kind of address this call and then it kind of becomes like oh why didn't why don't you want to move to chicago which is not really what he said but that's how julie delphi kind of interpreted it and then it mm-hmm. segues completely out of control in that regard like yeah. it, it it becomes that and then it like gradually falls apart it's like why don't you want to move to chicago oh why are you abandoning our family again why aren't you doing enough? You know, like they're throwing out all these completely unconnected complaints and it's just, yeah, it's crazy, but it starts out. With yeah. that. And so I get why people like this one less because it, they want more positivity, but at the same time, if this was just like the other two, then they'd all blend in way more. Yeah. And it's unbelievably real. Like what I love about this yeah. is as I've been mentioning, uh, you see that Ethan Hawke is basically the same guy throughout the entire movie. Or the entirety of the three movies. He doesn't change a lot. Julie Delpy yeah. changes a lot. And that's what yeah. the core of the problem, the core of the argument is. Ethan Hawke, yeah. the entirety of these movies has been very carefree, very self-sufficient, very self-dependent. He under He's very confident in himself. And as a result, 
he doesn't acknowledge when he's doing something wrong. He's just so confident that everyone else is the problem. And that obviously is not great for being a genuine husband because then it makes it so that like Julie Delpy feels like everything she does is wrong because he never acknowledges that he does stuff wrong too. And then flipping it over to Julie Delpy's side, Julie Delpy has changed so much from the kind of person she was because she's gotten older. She's had a much more, a much heavier job. Like, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke is an author. She's working for this environmental company. So she's clearly Mm -hmm. has a lot more weighing on her. And she's, you know, she's ready to, you know, take a break from this. And essentially when you're, when you're coming home from all this work to someone who's so passive and so like self-confident that like he doesn't ever acknowledge any issues, like it's going to get really frustrating and it makes it feel like she's the only one dealing with it. So seeing these two bounce off each other is very natural. Like it feels like this was being built up. If you, like you could have predicted this could have happened throughout these movies just by seeing the way that Julie Delphi thinks. Like, as she's getting mm-hmm. older and life is weighing on her, and she's like, I need this escapism of someone who is genuinely connecting with me. Like, yeah, this could eventually happen. Like, they've gotten to the point where they know each other so well that they, like, don't just, they, they are burnt out by each other's faults, you know? It's really interesting. And it's, it's seeing them argue about it, like, it's, this feels so inevitable. Like, it, it built up to this, and it hit. And it hits hard. Good, bro, these movies are so great. It's funny because it reminds me of this movie Downhill that I watched last year with, with mm-hmm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus oh, and Will Ferrell. Yeah, that movie's so bad. But it reminds yeah. me of this because it's about a you know an older couple arguing about unresolved problems. But this one, you feel the connection because you've seen two movies of them connecting. And this is yeah. as the inevitable tragedy of it. Like with downhill, it's just you see this family that looks mildly all right, and then suddenly they fall apart over some stupid argument, and then you follow them being all bitter the entire time. This movie is more or less has positive moments in it, building up to a tragic moment that you kind of saw coming and makes mm-hmm. sense. This downhill is what you want to watch if you like really want to see somebody argue, but you don't want to care about them. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> annoying. Uh, but this is just such a great example of building up real life issues and then seeing them all fall apart because of things you never addressed, you know, it's really well done. Yeah, it's great. Great time. Uh, yeah, this, I had a feeling we wouldn't have as much to talk about with these as we usually do. Well, I mean, I feel like we could talk a bit about your overall thoughts on the trilogy. Cause like, yeah, well, overall, I, think, I, I just really love them. I think that the couple is extremely, um, like you believe them and they're likable even when they have their problems. You want them to stay together because they're so likable. And that has mostly to do with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy just being great actors and having great chemistry with each other. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love them. Inexplicably good writing. Yeah, man. The writing in these movies is crazy. Like, I like, swear, it does not feel like a script. It feels like people who are genuinely having this yeah, moment. I'm like, how did you script it? You, usually. Yeah. Like, Slackers feels that way. So that's the whole point of Slacker. Um, Dazed and Confused feels pretty real as well, I'd say. It's a little more silly, but, you know. Mm. Yeah, that one feels pretty good, too. I, I like Boyhood. I like Dazed and Confused. Um, I'm, I said I'd stop making fun of Boyhood. <laughs> Quick railing. It's all right. I hate squash. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's probably a really funny joke. 
I feel like it was really funny if I got if I had seen the movie. Well, it's just me referencing a line that's really, really awkward and bad. But anyways, back. These uh, are great. I don't like. I feel like it was a bad choice to pick these as something to discuss. We, we did it already, so I'm obviously it's too late now. I oh, love no, them. Right. Well, They're worth then how about... talking about. It's just I'll make sure I remember that this kind of movie maybe isn't the best for a podcast. Well, hey, um, what about? What are some other romances you feel like if people could really get into if you uh, if you liked these? Ah, uh, there's like, not many like it. Um, not most of the other romances that I enjoy are not really realistic or trying to be. They're more the quirky type of thing. They're mm-hmm. not even like trying to be super realistic. Look like uh, Punch Drunk Love, mm-hmm. um, Moonrise Kingdom, La La Land. Like they're none of yeah, those are like the most believable um at all, really. Actually, I think it's I think so Punch Drunk Love, I feel like kinda kinda hits a, a vein on the similar topic. Because Punch Drunk Love is like it's a romance movie that kind of takes it from a perspective that isn't all that insane. Like it's a really weird guy who gets the girl of his dreams, basically. And like yeah, well, I, I, kinda, the I kinda like I kinda like in Punch Drunk Love. It's definitely on the autism spectrum. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would not even that. doubt that. No, I'm pretty like, sure that someone confirmed it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that because, like, the movie is definitely, it definitely touches upon that kind of idea that, like, people who don't have as much confidence in themselves and have things about themselves that they aren't proud of necessarily. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I guess that may be kind of a weird way to phrase it, but, like, people who feel as if they're, they have faults can find another person who completely invalidates those faults you know like makes you realize that those aren't faults or there's not things wrong with you you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting and i think that's kind of what yeah um, that movie's definitely more surreal um especially when you get to uh him randomly becoming superman i mean actually there's an entire theory that the the whole movie is an allegory for the superman story i never heard that but i'm really interested actually (laughs) I, I want to look into that great. now. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, I, I love think it. Like, with Before Sunrise, it could, does kind of touch upon that idea. Like, like the, the like the fact that one person kind of brings out uh, the, the benefits and the, and the, uh, the interesting parts of another person. Like, that's kind of what you get throughout that, vi- that movie is like, as the movie goes on, you see, you know, like, uh, Jesse kind of opens up to being more, you know, being embracing these uh, more, you know, crazy thoughts and sharing them with with uh, Celine sure. and Celine does the same thing where like, she's more opening to sharing ideas that aren't necessarily the easiest to, you know, that's what comprehend and say. Like at first you don't want to say those things and then you're just confident because you know, you know, the other person well enough. Exactly. And I think that's what punch drunk love kind of touches upon too, is like, you see kind of like one guy who genuinely is not really connecting with people and mm-hmm. finding someone who makes him connect better, you know? Make sure. him real, making him feel genuine, you know, making him feel like the faults that he feels he has aren't, you know, aren't as bad as he worried they were, you so, know. I'm gonna stop you there because I have we actually might do Punch Drunk Love on an actual episode. One oh, day. <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> no, like yeah, no worries, it wasn't something you. super planned, but certainly something I've had in the back yeah. of my mind. So maybe Absolutely, have a sample yeah. episode. Uh, <laughs> I feel speaking, like that's uh, you know what, I will... that then I will segue to another movie that is a little related, but different. Uh, right. Phantom Thread. 
Phantom Thread, um, I think, is definitely a more sinister look on it. There's, it's not nearly as optimistic. But in a way, I feel like it kind of works in connecting these two movies. With Phantom Thread, like, I'm not, I won't spoil it, but it's essentially two people that seemed perfect for each other kind of deteriorating and not, no, you know, no longer really connecting because it made so much sense at first. But as time yeah. goes on, you realize... The, the faults okay. of the other are too the faults of the other are too problematic that like they I don't they, they no longer connect you know yeah right so like i think it's it's similar to how these movies play out like people who seemed so perfect for each other fall apart because they've gotten to the point where like the things they thought were perfect for one another don't do it for them anymore like that doesn't yeah. connect that doesn't really solve their problems and i think phantom thread though much more pessimistic in that view totally does that like you see i I don't remember the characters names in phantom thread but like um that daniel day lewis yeah is so is (laughs) yeah is so career focused and focused on being the best that like yes he has this muse in this in this uh girl but she also needed somebody who would genuinely care for her and he's not the kind of person to do that and it's interesting how it made so much sense at the beginning and kind of deteriorates and falls apart. And that's like kind of what these movies build up. It's more in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like before the before trilogy is much more positive and it yeah. doesn't really, it isn't nearly as, you know, poignantly painful, I guess. But like Phantom Thread, I think, does hit a similar note that I, I think that. Be- the before trilogy kind of hit too. Okay, so um, I have one last topic idea. Go for it. Um, that has to do with romance movies. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? So this is a very common thing to see. I even make jokes about like take a shot every time someone says this. And that is, I was like, I like every genre except romance. Why do you think that <laughs> is? Uh, yes. you know I used to be like that, right? that. Yes, I used to be like that. Uh, because I think, I think with romance movies, right, is in, on paper, they seem very alienating. Like, why would someone want to watch a movie where everything goes right for them and they get the person they want to be with in the end? Like, why would I ever want to watch that? Like, come on. I, I want to watch movies that are, you know, deep and thoughtful and cool or interesting or action-packed, you know? Necessarily, but continue. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's. I don't think it's necessarily – or some people aren't really open to seeing people getting the thing that they want – in a way that's unrealistic. You know, you don't want to feel like you're missing out, you know? But once people get warmed up to romances, like you actually watch good ones, it opens up your heart to that idea that like maybe, you know what? I can take in these kind of perspectives, you know? Like I can I can be more willing to see people genuine because it makes me feel better that they feel good, you know? I think like yeah. people are just apprehensive of of seeing a movie that is almost bragging. But like once they get into it, they realize like it's not necessarily bragging it's it's what movies are escapism ideally the generic rom-com like setup kind of sucks so much um it's true i haven't seen enough to fully say that but i've seen lots of bits and pieces of my mom watching rom-coms and yeah i don't i can't imagine there's a rom-com out there that's so that's so emotionally resident that you know and i get and then there's also lots of non-rom-com romances, and most of those are pretty sappy, I think, or at least a lot of. Yeah. Again, I don't watch a lot, so I can't really say for sure. But from my, from what I know, but then so many films, like, and again, some of them aren't full. Like, for example, 
I don't know if I'd even call Moonrise Kingdom a romance, even though that's the main plot of the movie. And yeah. again, I'm not going to go into that movie because I will be going in. I'll finally get to go into that movie. I've never actually gotten to fully talk about it this before. Mm, me too. I'm very excited to talk about it as well. So save, save a slot for that because that is my favorite film. But Woo, Me too. Well, not my favorite. It's one of my favorites, though. It is my favorite, though. Anyways, it's been my Ooh. favorite for like two years. Yeah, it's all good. Um, it's all good. It's I watched yeah, it for the first time last year. But... Romance movies, like there are ones I love that where the romance is the focus, but it's not necessarily why I love them. This is the only um, romance movies I can name where I love them because of the romance and only because of the romance, because that's all the movies really are. Yeah, right. There's not it's like the if you didn't like it for the romance, cool. what else is there? <laughs> exactly. If you don't like the romance, you won't like the movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get that for sure. Like I think. Uh, I think it comes down to a lot of the time, like how much, how much you're willing to buy that romance is an applicable factor here. You know, like, like, um, I love princess bride, like one of my favorite straight up comedies because of Wesley and buttercup. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, like, no, they're not the biggest, they're not the most poignant factor, but the writing in that movie is so good that like, I love seeing them talk. Like when they're walking yeah. through the forest together, and like they're just yep. like he's explaining everything that that happened to him. Like it's mm-hmm. not necessarily that it's romantic, but I just love the writing so much that I genuinely want to see these people talk. Like I think really it's really fun. I love that movie. We should but that's do a like, special episode where we have no topic. <laughs> <laughs> just start throwing out random ideas. But it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, the listener would be like, "Oh yeah, what are they gonna talk about next?" Throws out random movie. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> You know, it just like just let the conversation flow. We should do one exactly. of those every now and then. Exactly. Basically, this one. But like, oh, yeah. um, that's what we're doing for now. But we're keeping it to romance. But it's getting super off topic. And I feel like yeah. that's a good concept. Just start with a starting topic and then just go nuts. Right. That's kind of that's kind of what me and David do on my podcast. What's that smelling? Yeah. Are you thinking again? But you guys have like a base thing that you stick to. I'm saying just go full nuts. Right. I got gotcha. you. Anyway, yeah, Princess Bride so, yeah, is really good. Maybe? Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about these. Um, oh, what's another good. romance you want to talk about? There's something that really vibes with you, like you their romance that more? sticks out. Like we're, we're we've we've got enough time now. By the way, we don't have to stretch it out if you don't want to. Um, we're good. But yeah, all right, we're at about fifty minutes more or less. But yeah, um, I don't know. Not much are sticking out to me. There aren't a lot I've watched that I loved, or there aren't a lot I've actually. There's not a lot I've watched. Um, I haven't watched tons of romance films. I got you. I got you. Um, have you seen? Have you but seen I in the movie like yet? I'm not going to say I don't like romances because I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen in the mood for love yet? In the mood for no. Uh, Wong Kar Wai. Uh, no. Well, that one's definitely interesting. I think you'll really enjoy that one too because that one's like um, yeah. it's not super conventional. It's another one that's kind of like romance flipped on its head. Really cool though. Okay. Hold on. Give me a minute. Still time, bro. Still that time. Um, oh, you know what? Here's my favorite Malcolm and Marie. This is my favorite. Oh, romance. yes. I've heard that <laughs> one's a classic. It's funny yeah. because I, I'm, I'm actually about that movie interested. for so long. Me and Luke, <laughs> you were so pissed off about it. It's funny because I really want to check this one out. Like, I don't, I have like, no real interest in it. It's not like the topic's really resonating with me, but I want to check yeah. it out because I don't. Oh, I don't. Know sorry, what's... my favorite romance movie is not Before Sunrise. How could I forget? <gasps> it's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh yes, I 
I was gonna bring up Portrait of Lady on Fire. I was gonna bring it up, and I thought Phantom Thread first. Portrait is fantastic. I think one of the most subtle and very thoughtful romances out there. For sure, like absolutely. Uh, you want to talk about it a bit since you you thought of it, and I'm, I've been talking a lot. So. I want to save that movie. I want to actually talk about that movie a lot, like in an actual context. Well, you know what? I'm going to talk about it then because I, no. I, I'm not a constant guest. Okay, go ahead. Then. It's really good. Um, I won't, <laughs> I won't go too crazy in depth, but like what Portrait does so well is um, it's so like, it's very subtle about it. Like the movie is not very upfront with the fact that it's a romance. It, it, it kind of buys its time. You see like genuinely, like you see this genuine person kind of just going about this situation you know, where she's spending time at this at this you know this huge house with this one woman, and you see them kind of at first just trying to connect with one another. Like there's really no connection at all. It's her. It's like it's actually kind of apprehensive at first, so they don't really see each other in any way as another person. And as time as the movie goes on, it's it's a very much like a developing trust kind of thing where like you see the movie kind of gradually become more and more about them and like you see them opening up to one another in ways that like you didn't necessarily expect because like it it doesn't build itself up like a romance at first it's not really conventional at all and by the time that things start to actually become romance it's it's felt so built up because like at this point you've seen this gradual build-up that's taken that's been very slow and very methodical and it all just kind of hits you know Kind of like all through all three of these movies do, kind of built up all three of the four movies kind of to mash into one movie, and it does a really great job of that. It's really artsy too, and that's really cool. I'm gonna bring up one more movie, and then we'll call it. We'll call it for sure. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is more so it's Pride Month, yay! So I'm gonna bring up, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, which is <laughs> I, one of my. I've not seen that one. It's one of my favorite. It's more. It's less of a full-on romance or even a rom-com where it's just like it's just, you know, full goofball comedy. But also, it's still like you know, it could make you cry, and the romance is very well done, and the romance happens at a gay conversion camp, um, between two women. So exciting! You know, yeah, <laughs> defying you know, defying the system. The very good. of Cameron Post. That movie is basically a remake of this movie, but they removed the jokes. Still a good movie though. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah. I I just recently heard about that one. That one's Chloe Grace Moretz, right? Still worth watching. Yeah, it is. Like that is a great movie, but it really is like this movie, but without the jokes. And all right, so I'll write that down. I'll watch. I'll watch before cheerleader first. Yeah, just to convince you about but I'm a cheerleader. Um, RuPaul is in it. You know, RuPaul's Drag Race, and he mm-hmm. plays yeah. an, an quote ex gay. Um, so if that doesn't <laughs> convince you, I don't know what will. his entire career and personality is based around the fact that he's gay um yeah he's like wild. literally an lgbt icon it's like oh yeah and, you know what we're gonna have you play somebody who's not that okay cool great no well, he's an ex-gay so you'll, you'll find out i recommend it okay there you go i think that's it that's exciting um, great movies watch them thanks for coming on Connor, of course, of um, course, it's been great. Yes. It's been really fun. I love talking about yes. movies. I'm a nerd. Well, hopefully, we'll be stuff? able to have you back on with Luke as well one time. Oh yeah, maybe mm-hmm. we can have more. We get more voices to clash with. We can have exciting discussion. That's adventures. Actually, I'd say that 
that that tends to at least bring more to the conversation. But uh, sometimes it does just leave someone out. But I feel like with the three of us, it'll work out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Rescue yeah. for greatness, I'm sure. Um, I think you guys can let me know, but I think I'm getting better at letting our guests talk. Oh, yeah. Um, I talked a lot today. <laughs> I believe. I felt bad. I thought I was dominating. No, no. The, the, I'm doing this on purpose because um, I do talk too much on this show sometimes. So. I'm trying, yeah, I I'm trying to make sure everyone works out. So, yeah. Um, see you guys next episode, which will hopefully finally be the Spider-Man episode, but no promises. Woo, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. We've been trying to do this one for so long. Um, you know, if, if you're getting sick and tired of waiting for Logan to do his episode, I have an episode on Spider-Man that I've talked about before on my podcast. What's that smell you, you thinking again? again? Check the description. I will have um, Connor's podcast linked. And no, you can also go to anchor.fm slash WTSYTA, which is, you know, the acronyms for it, uh, which once you see it, it's easy to pick up on once you've seen it on paper. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also, Connor, and I will also, whatever episode it is, I will bring up that the episode I'm on and I will link that when we get to oh, that yeah. it should be it should be soon sometime this month when are we doing that uh it's so once, we'll I get, once i get david into gear and watching the rest of the west anderson movies but okay. uh it should be by it's the end morning, of the month. Like, if it's in like july i might not be able to so but we'll get yeah, to it should be, it should be june it really should be june. Okay, guys. so thank you for listening um have a wonderful week and goodbye take care y'all